But this morning, I'm going to get into the word. I've titled the message this morning, More Precious Than Gold. The Bible tells us that there is something that is more precious than gold that perishes. And that's what we're going to talk about here this morning. It's, it's something that God desires for each of us to have, to be cultivated in our life, and really is something that we as believers should aim, we should pursue to have in our possession at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And knowing that that day could happen any time, I believe this is a very timely word. Paul speaks of this in both of his letters to his son in the faith, Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 5, he writes, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. He talks about it again in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, when he says the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And then Peter talks about it in one of his letters, um, addressed it as well, 1 Peter 1 and 7 says, the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what is God looking for in our life? God is looking and desiring to see in our life faith. Can you say amen? amen. But not just any faith, but a faith that is unfeigned. It's sincere. It's a faith that is genuine. It's one that is without pretense. It doesn't have any hypocrisy. It's true through and through. But my question to you that I'm going to pose is that if this is what God is wanting to see in our lives, wanting us to, to have, then how is the quality of our faith determined? I want to have sincere faith. I want to have faith that is, that, is, that is genuine. But how do I know if it's truly genuine and sincere? So how is the quality of our faith determined? Well, in order to answer that question, I want us to look back at 1 Peter 1, verse number 7. We'll look at it in the ESV version and it says this, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So to determine the quality of our faith, our faith must be tested. You want to know the condition and the quality of your faith? It has to be put to the test. And I know that that's not something that, you know, we like to hear, but I believe that all of us want to stand before God and want to be found well-pleasing. We want to be found in Him. He want Him to find in us the likeness of Christ, a faith that is genuine and that is sincere. Peter uses the word test here in the Greek is the word dokimatsu. I have no idea if I pronounced that right or not, but if I didn't, please forgive me and extend grace. But it's a word that is used over 20 times in the New Testament. 
And this is what it means. And I hope that you guys are taking notes because this isn't a shout me down message. This, I'm not going to be jumping off the stage. And I doubt that you're going to shout me down with a hallelujah. But I can assure you that you will leave out of here equipped to handle what's going to happen in our lives. Amen. So that word dokimatsu in the Greek, it means to put to the test. It means to prove. It means to evaluate and I love this one, to make a critical examination of something to determine its worth. That's what's going to happen with our faith. You want to find out where your faith is at, what's the quality of it? It's got to be put to the test. God has to take our faith and put it under, and it has to undergo a critical examination. And I didn't share with the 9 a.m. service, but this word also is used by Paul in, in one of his letters to the Corinthians, and it speaks of um, what you would do when you examine or you evaluate a structure. So like if you're, if you're building a building, you would actually look at the foundation, the structure, you know, the beams and all of that stuff to make sure that it's built right. And so that is what is taking place in our lives when we want to, when, when, when our faith is being tested. Okay? So are you excited to go under critical examination to see just the value of your faith? Okay, one amen. That's okay. At least I got one. I got one. I know I'll get, I'll get you guys a little bit later. All right. So, so Peter is talking to, to his audience, and what you may or may not know, but in context here, these believers had been, been scattered, and they are experiencing severe persecution. And the thing about it is this persecution is about to get a lot worse because Nero is about to go into his fits of rage against, against the church. So we can see that these Christians are in need of a word like this. They're in need, to, uh, they're in need of hearing this. So Peter, he, he speaks about the testing of our faith, and he uses the imagery of gold that is being refined. And so I want to park here for just a moment. I want you guys to look at the process of how gold is refined. So first off, the refiner, he would take rough ore. He would take this hardened rock. And in this hardened rock, there would be minerals, there would be precious metals, and he would begin to take a hammer, and he would begin to break it into smaller pieces. And once he got it broken up, he would take all of these pieces, and he would put it into a crucible or a melting pot. And then he would take this melting pot, and he would put it into the furnace where the temperature was set just where it needed to be to begin to separate the elements. The refiner, would he would watch this melting pot very, very intently and very closely. And as the ore and these pieces that were in the melting pot, as they begin to melt because of the heat, dross would begin to rise to the surface. When the, the, when the dross would begin to rise to the surface, the refiner would then begin to skim off the dross off of the top. And then he would begin to go and put it back into the fire. But before he put the melting pot back into the fire, he would turn up the heat a little bit hotter. And he would do this because there were certain impurities that would only be released and come to the surface at certain temperatures. Oh, now you guys are getting excited. See, we talk about fire, we talk about heat. Now you're getting it, now you're getting it. So he would do this up to seven times, and each time he would put it in and take it out, he would remove more and more of the dross that would rise to the top. 
And he would know that the, 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 the process was done when he was able to look into the melting pot and he would begin to see his reflection in it. Can you say amen? All right, you guys are waking up. Hallelujah. Well, this is exciting because this is exactly what God is doing with us. Anybody ever been in the fire? This is exactly what God is doing. Look, look at a couple of scriptures here in the Old Testament. Isaiah 48 and 10 says this. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. And then Job 23 and 10 says this, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. How many want to be gold? How many want to be pure and before the eyes of our almighty King and God? Job was a man who was tested, tested in ways that we ain't never been tested, but he knew that through that testing, he would come out as pure gold. So if God is wanting us to have a sincere and a genuine faith and the quality of our faith is determined by testing, how is our faith then tested? First Peter 4 and 12 says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. So Peter, he tells his audience that the genuineness of their faith is tested by trials. You want to find out where you're at and, and, and how genuine, you know, your, your, your faith is and, 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 and how you're doing in your character and your likeness of Christ. Just put it, put it to the test. And how is it going to be tested? It's going to be tested by trials. Exciting, isn't it? Everybody likes to go through some, some, some heat, like to go through some times of testing some challenging circumstances and things. But it's doing something. And we can be excited about it. I think God's got a sense of humor. So I'm sitting in the den. I shared this with the 9 a.m. service. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the den and I'm praying and worshiping and looking over, you know, notes and things for, for this morning's sermon. And, and I came across this scripture, 1 Peter 4 and 12. And, and I started reading it. And, and I got what we call in our family little word nuggies. You know, it's, it's like when, when you get like this little revelation or you get like understanding concerning a word or you're, you're diving in and you're studying. And so I, I looked at like three different words in, in this one particular scripture and man, it was, it was so powerful, but I'm like, God, man, you're funny. So, so the first one, he, he, it's, he, he, he says a fiery trial. So not just a trial, but he's telling his audience that they're going to be tested by a fiery trial. Now, those two words are actually one word in the Greek, and you know what it means? It means to burn. It's the process of burning. It speaks of an intense degree of some occurrence or experience. Not just any old trial, but this is, this is going to be something that, that's, going to, that's going to hurt a little bit. It's going to be very, very uncomfortable. So be excited because it's coming your way. Really? Yay! Hallelujah! But then the next thing is in this portion of Scripture, you find that the English word strange. And it's there twice. But each word means something a little bit different. That first appearance of the word strange actually speaks of being surprised. So he's telling him, he says, Beloved, 
do not be surprised about this coming fiery trial that is, that is headed your way. But this was the little word nuggy that I got because when you look up that, that first word strange in the Greek and you're looking at the definitions, there's another definition other than just surprise. And you know what it means? It means to show hospitality. It means to, to welcome as a guest or to entertain. Really? So this fiery trial, this intense time of testing that's coming my way, you want me to just show it hospitality, just open up the door and say, come on in and, and be excited about that? Well, yeah. Because it kind of goes along with what James said to his audience when he told him, he says, count it all joy, be excited about the various trials that you'll find that are coming into your life. You guys aren't with me yet because you're not smiling yet. Some of you are smiling. But it's awesome. And then the second word, strange there in that scripture, means foreign or unheard of. So he's saying, beloved, don't, don't be surprised, or, but welcome with hospitality this process of burning, this intense experience and occurrence that's coming your way um, as though it's a foreign thing or an unheard thing that is happening to you. In other words, what is about to take place to you, um, to you isn't something that is only exclusive to you, but this is something that has been happening for hundreds, if not thousands of years, because we listen to preachers like Billy Graham and Charles Spurgeon and some of the, the, the faith giants, and, and, and they went through these things as well. We, we look in the Word of God and we love Apostle Paul. And well, Apostle Paul went through some stuff too. We'll read about that in, here in a couple of minutes. King David, we look at Abraham, Adam, and Eve. They're, everybody is going to go through times of testing. You can't get away from it. And really, why would you want to? Why would you want to? Yeah, it hurts. But when you look at what it's doing in your life, you should welcome it. So how is our faith tested? It's tested by trials. So my next question that I pose to you is, how can these trials that test our faith, what do, what do they look like in the life of a believer? And some of you already know the answer because, again, we've all been through, through trials, but I'm going to give you just a couple of examples. And I love the Apostle Paul because here's a man that just about went through everything. And in his letter to the Corinthian church, he pretty much just summed it up in one little portion of scripture. In 2 Corinthians 11, 25 through 27, he says, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleepness often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Are you kidding me? Here's a man that's been through some stuff. Some other forms of times of testing in our life that you guys may be very, very familiar with. It can be a financial Difficult circumstance. Maybe you lose your job. Maybe there's a change of, of career or there's something that's pressing or stressful financially in your life. 
can come in a spiritual circumstance where you go through a season where things are just dry. It just seems like you just can't access the presence of God. You're, you know, you just, you feel just so far away from him. Maybe it's spiritual warfare under attack and you, you gotta, you gotta fight. Maybe it's relational circumstances. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your relationship with your children, family members, friends. Times of testing in the life of a believer can also take the form of persecution. Now, I don't want to negate things that we go through, but I just don't believe that we have ever really, really, really experienced persecution to the level and the degree that the early church and Christians and other nations actually experience, have experienced and are experiencing now. But in that, your testing can take the form of persecution. The book of Hebrews dedicates a whole entire chapter to individuals, men and women that were heroes of faith, that went through times of trial and times of testing, and their names are recorded here in the hall of faith. Hebrews 11, 35 through 38 says, Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. These are some people that went through testing. But if you go on and you read, I think it's verse 39, it talks about that they have obtained a good testimony in faith. Times of testing can also take the form of difficult and discouraging people. But we won't talk about that. We'll just go on. But it goes on and on and on. Every single one of us is going to go through it. So the next question I pose to you this morning, church, is what do we have available to us to help during times of testing? If it's inevitable that we've got to go through this, what do we have that can help us? Four things I want to share with you. The first is that we have the promise of God's presence. If you haven't gotten to the place where you value the presence of God so deeply, I pray that you do. Because without the presence of God, man, we just, we're nothing. We miss it. We can't do anything. I can't stand up here and look at you guys and declare the word of God without the presence of God and the anointing of the Spirit of God, I'll run, I'll tuck tail and hide out. The presence of God is so precious. Knowing that he's with you, knowing that he's for you. Isaiah 43 and 2 says this. It says that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. 
When you go through trials, when you go through times of testing, God isn't leaving you alone, but he's right there with you. But you may be very, very familiar that when you go through a time of testing, it often seems like God isn't there and God is silent. Well, let me give you a little bit of an analogy or an example to kind of help you with that. And our DTC students would be very familiar with this is because they sit in a classroom and for maybe a month or four or five, six weeks, they, they're, they're, they're taught a particular subject and they're obtaining all of this knowledge and all of this revelation. But at the end of it, something comes to their table an exam, a test. And now they sit in this sanctuary and they're sweating bullets and they're looking over their paper and everything else and they begin, they begin their, their test. And it's a, it's a quiet time. And they, they might want to ask a question, but if they ask the question, nobody's going to answer them. Why? Because now is the time for them to put into practice and to show what they've learned. The teacher never left the room. The teacher's still in the room, but it's a time of testing. It's time to see how much have you learned, how much can you apply. Find out what you got wrong and then, so you can work on the things that you got wrong. Can I get an amen? So we have the promise of God's presence in the midst of our trials and our times of testing. He is with us. The next thing that we have available to us as Christians is that we have God's strength and we have his grace. Extremely valuable to us. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 9, 7 through 9. The Apostle Paul, he says this. He says, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. And notice what he says. He says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Paul is going through something. He's going through some, some testing, a trial. It hurts. He doesn't want it anymore, so he's asking God, can you take me out of this? Can you take this away from me? But what was God's response? God said, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. What? You mean God's not going to take me out of this? God isn't going to remove this? Not at this moment, because this moment is for a reason. But in this moment, my strength is available to you. My sufficient grace is available to you. And then Paul said something, one of the most powerful scriptures in, uh, powerful scriptures in the word of God. He says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Awesome. The apostle Paul knew God was with him. And that if he would yield to the strength and the grace that is made available by God to him, that he could get through what he was going through. And just like Paul, we can too. But you have to not rely on your own strength, but you have to allow God's strength to be perfected in your weakness. How many know that we are weak? We are weak. You go through a time of testing, you, all kinds of stuff comes out of you. All right, me. Mr. Mark, I don't like trials. I don't like testing. But I thank God that his strength and his grace and his presence is available. The next one is the prayer of others. Pastor's been doing a, a series on prayer, the value and the power of prayer. And this is crucial that we pray for others 
when we know that they are going through a time of testing. Luke 22 and 32 says, But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. These are the words of Jesus as Jesus is talking to Peter. Peter was about to go through a time of testing. Jesus even said to Peter, he says, well, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. So what did he do? He said, but I want to let you know, Peter, I've, I've prayed for you. I've went before the Father. I, I have interceded on your behalf. I have labored in prayer for you so that when you go through this, I know you're not going to be perfect. I know that you're not going to do it exactly the way that I would do it. I know that you're going to fall short, but I pray that your faith not fail you so that when you get through it, you can take what you applied and what you have learned and that you can go back and you can strengthen your brethren. You see, the things that we go through is working something great in us, but it's also incredibly valuable because of what we can impart and to share with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. We should be sharing our experiences and our wisdom and the things that we have learned in our walk with others to help and aid them in their walk. Amen. And the last one is that we have available to us through times of testing is the encouragement of others. I think oftentimes we criticize more than we encourage. We pick apart more than we build up and edify one another. That's a device of the flesh and a device straight from the pits of hell. But a word in season, man, does something powerful. A word of encouragement can lift somebody out of the pit and out of the miry clay. It can strengthen them. It can brighten their countenance. It can, it can help and aid them. It becomes a strength to them. So the church at Thessalonica was going through some stuff. Read what, what happens, 1 Thessalonians 3, 2 and 3. Paul tells him, he says, and, and sent Timothy, he sends Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you, and to strengthen you, and to encourage you concerning your faith. Why? So that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. He sent Timothy to encourage the church so that the things that they were going through would not shake them. How many know that when you're going through trials and testing and the heat gets turned up, you don't want to be there anymore. You want to leave. He's encouraging them to just stay. Encourage somebody that what they're going through, stay. Don't get offended and get up and leave the church. Don't renounce Christ and go back and like a dog to his vomit and a, and a pig to the mire. But stay in it and let God by his spirit do what he wants to do in your life. I'm just preaching to self up here tonight, this morning, whatever day, time it is. I don't know. Oh, hallelujah. We're just in the, in the presence of God this morning. We're having a good time in church. We're talking about trials and testing. This is exciting. Hallelujah. So to close, I want to, I hope you guys have been taking notes. I'm going to check your papers when, after the service. All right, there's a few people. 
No, seriously, you guys really should take notes in, in, in church. I mean, this is, this is actually a thing, you know, because oftentimes, man, like Tuesday comes and you forgot half the message. You know, so it's, in, it's important. Like we, we, we're not, I think somebody said that one, you only retain about 10% of like what you, what you initially hear. So putting some things down on paper can, can, can help you. I wasn't just picking on you. So to bring this to, clo- to a close, I, I want to close with what I started with. And I want us to go back to the process of a refiner purifying gold. Amen? So let's look at it a little bit closer. Notice that the crucible or the melting pot, no matter how hot the heat gets, the melting pot, it, it, never, it never breaks. It's never destroyed. The ore, the gold that is, that is being melted that's in it, doesn't have to worry about it, 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 it breaking and, and being now all over the floor or susceptible to the elements that, it, that, it's, that it's around. That, that, that ore, that gold that is in the melting pot is, is secure there. And this should be an incredible comfort to us knowing that when we go through the trials of life and times of testing because of our union with Jesus Christ, that no matter what we go through, he is holding us. I'm secure in here. This thing isn't going to break me. Like I'm, I'm good because I'm in the arms of almighty God. And I know that some of you, some of you have been some of, through some of those fiery trials where they're so intense that you just think that you can't make it, but you're here today. Why? Because you made it. Because he held you through it. Can I get an amen? As the ore was melted in the fire, the dross, the impurities would rise to the top. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm going through testing and and trials, there's some stuff that comes up. And it ain't too pleasant. You see, you go through a, a a real hard time, a time of testing. All of a sudden, things begin to manifest in your life. All of a sudden, now pride rears its head, self-righteousness or offense or fear or doubt or, or unbelief. And these, these ugly things now become, they come to the surface. And if that's, it, when it happens, it, it, I know it's not easy because you're looking at all this ugly stuff that's been in you, but it's actually exciting and it's a good thing because now that thing has come to the surface and can get, you can get rid of it. Because the refiner, when the dross would rise to the top, he would come and he would just skim it off the top. God, God, you just got to come and what this ugly stuff is that is manifesting in my life, God, just come and skim it off the top. Just, just take it away and take it out of my life. I don't, I don't want it anymore. Can I get an amen? The refiner would turn up the temperature to remove certain impurities. There were certain things that were only released as the heat got hotter and hotter and hotter. And you see, that's the thing is that all of our trials, they're not all the same thing because sometimes you got to have a fiery trial because there's some things that are deep within you that have got to come out and it's only going to come out by the fire. There's some things that we got delivered from, but we went through some trials, but they weren't, they weren't that bad. It might only lasted a week, and yeah, I might only just, you know, yeah, I'm not going to, 
tell all my sins, but you know, road rage, you tell somebody off or something like that, or your flesh gets the, you know, gets the, the better of you, you know, and, and some things came to the surface. I give those to God and now I'm, I'm better in that area. But, but then, but then there's, there's, there's some stuff that's still down in there that I, it needs to be broken loose. It needs to be broken loose and released and come up. And, and it's only going to happen when I go through something that is an intense trial and test. Thank God for the fire. And the last thing I want to say to you is when the refiner, he would begin all this process, he had one goal in mind. It was one purpose for why he was doing it. And is that he wanted pure gold. He wanted gold that was absolute pure, free of any impurities. And he would know that the job was done when he was able to look and see his reflection. This should bring us also great encouragement and comfort because it helps us to understand that when we go through testing and trials, God's doing something. God is working something in us. What is he doing? He wants to see his reflection. He is conforming us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, more and more. Every time you go through a trial or a test and you come out of it, you should look more and more like Jesus. Your character should be refined through the process, even though it hurts, even though it's not comfortable. But when we respond and we take hold of the things that are available to us, we can do it. We're not always going to be perfect, but we can go through and we can come out better. So I want to encourage you. I pray that this word has equipped you and strengthened you. As I mentioned, I couldn't get away from this. I didn't want to preach this message. I wanted, we wanted to celebrate, hallelujah, we need to praise. And, but I really felt strongly that God wanted me to minister, minister this word to you. And, and if you are currently in the fire right now, may God's presence manifest. May God encourage you and strengthen you and yield to it. Let God do And I'm just being transparent, man. I have not arrived. You know, I looked, I looked in preparing this message, I looked and, and man, I couldn't believe how many scriptures and, and all the way through the Bible. I mean, this is a major doctrine, the testing of our faith, the refining of our character. It's, it's all through there. It is, it is a major thing that God that shows us and highlights all through the word. You look at stories, you look at Daniel, you look at, you know, Joseph, you look at the, the new church and Philip. And I mean, the, the list goes on and on and on. And, and, but it's such a beautiful thing because it just, Man, you see God working. And if God brings you through it, he's going to be there with you in it. And you're going to be better. So if you're here and you're going through a testing, be encouraged. We pray for you. We pray that God would strengthen you, that the word of God would strengthen you. And for those of you that everything's fine now, just know that it's coming. I'm preaching myself up here. I know it's coming because it just, it, it's, it's just a process. It's what God does. But I pray that this helps change our perception so that when the, when the, when the trial does, because see, this is the thing. When, when the trial and testing comes, oftentimes we all put our fist up at God and we get angry and we get to criticize and, you know, your flesh rise up. And, Man, I just can't do this anymore. You know, you're ready to wave the white flag and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you know God, I'm out of here. I'm done. And just, and just leave. 
You're ready to renounce Christ and go back into the world, but that's, that's not it. There's a refining that's taking place. You're better than you were yesterday. Hallelujah. You're going to be better tomorrow than you are today. Why? Because God's working. So in closing, I will, I will echo the words of James. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that it's producing something great in you. Let's bow our heads and pray this morning. Father, we thank you for enlightening the eyes of our understanding, Father, for giving us clarity concerning something that is so important in our lives. I know that each and every one of us want to stand before you, Father, and, and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We all want to stand before you. And yes, we will, because of the righteousness of Christ, will be dressed in our wedding apparel and fine linen, bright as snow, Father. But at the same time, Father, our heart you said it's deceitful above all things. There are some things that are hidden in our heart, Father, that we just can't see. But you know, you know the thought and the intent of our heart. And you know what it's, you know what, you know that it's there. And you know what danger and destruction it's bringing to our life. And so you allow us to go through times of testing because it's your way of bringing those things out. And so I pray for your sufficient grace that when, when we enter into these times, that we will see it for what it is, that we would be like Peter and we would be like James and Paul glorying in our tribulations, counting it all joy, welcoming with hospitality these things that come because we want to be more and more like you. So we are grateful for your word this morning, grateful to be here. And I pray that as we depart Father, that your peace that surpasses all understanding would go with us, that your joy that's unspeakable and full of glory would be our strength, Lord. For we love you and appreciate you for all that you are doing in our life, what we like and what we don't like. We thank you for you are a great God and a loving Father. Your love it's hard to understand sometimes, God, the depth of it, like Paul prayed. But we thank you and rest in your work and love for us this morning. It's in no other name, but it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. I told you it wouldn't be a shout-me-down message, but I pray that it's encouraged you and strengthened you. Go in the peace of God, and we will see you Wednesday morning for prayer.